What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. Today is going to be a lot of fun. It is Thursday. We are live here in studio. Always a fun episode, interactive fan questions. We got trivia today as well. A look around the league at some of the hottest topics. Trades are already going down. We'll get to that and a top five list of the best, biggest trades of all time. This is going to be a fun one. Let's get to it. A high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. You know, this might literally be one of my favorite times of the year in baseball. I, opening day is there, the playoffs, the World Series, All Star game. But this week right here is one of them trade deadline week. We are now. A few days away, the trade deadline is August 2nd. We're already seeing trades roll in. The New York Yankees made a trade. We'll get to that in a second. The Subway Series, we got a midweek Subway Series. Two games, Yanks, Mets that didn't disappoint. They were a blast, a lot of fun. Uh, We're also going to talk about the Blue Jays because the stretch that they have been on over the course of the last couple of weeks is truly incredible, and they have put themselves in, in a really good position. And... Of course, we got trivia today. That's going to be a lot of fun. I've been killing it at trivia lately, so hopefully we can keep that run going. But I want to get started with the Subway Series. First and foremost, New York Yankees at the New York Mets. This year, it just feels a little bit different. Uh, You have the two best teams in their respective divisions. The AL East, it's the Yankees, and it has been the Yankees all year long. The NL East, it is the Mets, and it has been the Mets all year long. And for the first time in history, these two teams squared off with both of them being 20 games over 500 or more and in first place in their division. The first time ever the Yankees and Mets have played each other with that being on the line. Now, the Yankees have been the best team in baseball all year long. It's the, Their record was unbelievable. They haven't been quite on that stretch anymore heading into these games that took place in Queens. So the, the Mets were the home team here. Game one goes to the Mets. They win 6-3. There were four home runs hit in the first inning of the first game of the Subway Series. Four homers. Kind of died down a little bit after that. Edwin Diaz slammed the door. And then game two, Max Scherzer was just dominant. Seven innings, zero runs, six strikeouts. Yankees end up hitting a homer to tie the game as soon as he comes out. And then they walk it off. The Mets walk off winners in game two. Two Two-game sweep of the Subway Series. The Mets are real. And that was a really fun series. So, look, with their two-game sweep, the Mets have clinched at least a tie in their season series against the Yankees this season. The Yankees have now gone five straight seasons without winning the season series against the Mets five straight haven't beaten them since 2017 I mean that's pretty remarkable after sweeping the two-game series the Mets are now nine and five against the Yankees since the start of the 2020 season so let's talk about both of these teams the Mets we'll start off with the Mets what the Mets proved to me over these two games, yes, it's two mid-season, regular season, midweek games, but it meant a little more. The Mets are a World Series caliber team. 
They're real. They are an elite team. And if we didn't know it to this point in the year, when their record was great, you know, then it started, oh, the Braves are catching them in the standings. The Braves are going to win the division. Look, the Braves are a great team. The Mets are a great team. The team that we just saw beat the Yankees in both games. That's a World Series caliber team. They have World Series caliber talent. And they prove that again and again. And I've been saying it all year long. The Mets aren't going to Met. At this point, you're probably tired of hearing me say that. But I'm tired of people saying it. I'm tired of people saying the Mets are going to Met because it's not happening this year. Why do I say that? Because of all of these new guys that are on this team. What Mark Canna has, has brought to this team. What a struggling Eduardo Escobar has still brought to this team. And what Starling Marte, who has been fantastic, an all-star, hitting over 300 on the year, playing great defense, what he has brought to the team, what Max Scherzer has brought to the team. This combo that we're about to get of Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom who wants to face them in the World Series? So the or who wants to face them in the playoffs? So the easier path to a playoffs, I think, comes from the National League. The National League is a little more wide open. The American League, it seems there's two clear dominant teams. You look on the National League, there's the Dodgers, there's the Braves, there's the Mets, the Padres are gonna be good. Imagine if the Padres get Juan Soto, which is more and more in the talks. Just had Ken Rosenthal on the show on Wednesday, and he he spoke about the Juan Soto potential trade. He believes it will happen, and the first team he mentioned was the Padres. Imagine if that happens. There just seems to be more teams involved on the National League side that could get there. Who wants to face the New York Mets in the playoffs? They're going to throw Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer at you in game one and two if they can line up that way. And then they have Chris Bassett and other good arms there as well. Here's an impressive stat for the Mets pitching staff. They held the Yankees hitless in 15 of 18 innings over the two games in this series. 15 of the 18 innings, the Yanks were hitless. This Mets team is so complete. We talk about Max Scherzer. We talk about Jacob deGrom a lot, even though he hasn't pitched this year. Little Jacob deGrom update. He has thrown his final rehab start in AAA. By all accounts, and according to manager Buck Showalter, he's done. He is back. His arm feels good after his last start, and the Mets' plan is to have him join the team for his next start. So they're just now going to be getting to full strength. The pitching, really good. We know that. The hitting, phenomenal. Starling Marte, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil's been good. Francisco Lindor's been so much better than he was last year. I really like this Mets team, and this mid-game, this mid-week series, to me, the Mets had more to prove. We know the Yankees have been good all year. The Mets had more to prove here, and what they proved to me is that they are a World Series caliber team. And when it comes to the elite of the elite in the National League, they are certainly a part of it. DeGrom's line in his fourth rehab start. Now, the line is, is less important than how his arm feels. He went four innings pitched, two two hits, four earned, three walks, six strikeouts, 67 pitches. His two homers included a three-run opposite field shot. 
The Mets haven't announced the next steps, but August 2nd in Washington is a good guess for DeGrom's season debut. Jacob DeGrom could have gone out and given up 100 runs. If he comes out of that start with his arm feeling good, that's all that matters. We know he will be fine when he gets to the big leagues. And by all accounts, he will be with the big league team. Now, before I move on and talk about the Yankees on this side of things, I want to end things with the best closer in the game of baseball right now, Edwin Diaz. Now, (laughs) Edwin Diaz is putting together a historic year. But my favorite part of Edwin Diaz is his walk, his trot from the bullpen to the mound. You know, when you look back in time and think of greatest closer walkouts, you think Mariano Rivera, Enter Sandman, Trevor Hoffman, Hell's Bells, Jonathan Papelbon shipping up to Boston. There's some elite ones in there. Edwin Diaz has immediately thrown himself into that conversation. He comes out, trumpets are blaring, the crowd is going wild, Mr. and Mrs. Met are standing on the dugout with trumpets. It's truly, it is awesome to see. If you haven't gotten to experience one, you can go to my Twitter and find it because I tweeted this the other day. Best entrance in the game for the best closer in the game Edwin Diaz. Now, I don't even know the name of the song. I think it's it, it's like by Blaster Jacks and Timmy Trumpet, but I don't know the name. It's just a bunch of trumpets, and it's just pure electricity. I know that. And then he steps on the mound. And by the way, after I tweeted that the other day, Jonathan Papelbon himself, shipping up to Boston, responded to that tweet and said, I assume you're talking about in the game currently, correct? With like the hmm emoji. Of which I said, yes, absolutely. So that was pretty cool because I just mentioned him as he also was was awesome. A great closer in his time in Boston and had a great, um, here's the tweet right here. You're talking about in today's game, right? Jonathan Papelbon. That was pretty cool. So then Edwin Diaz steps on the mound and this year, there just hasn't been anybody more dominant. You know, Helsley for the Cardinals has been really good numbers wise. It's hard to beat him. But in terms of pure dominance, There's nobody better than Edwin Diaz. He's gotten 122 outs this year, okay? 122 outs so far in the season. 81 of those have been via the strikeout. 66.4% have come via the strikeout. On pace for the highest single-season strikeout rate in MLB history. He's got a 1.5 ERA on the year, a whip under one, a 6.75 strikeout to walk ratio, a 181 opponent batting average, and in 40.2 innings pitched, he has 81 strikeouts. He's currently in the midst of 14 consecutive appearances without allowing an earned run. He hasn't allowed an earned run since June 18th. I encourage you all, when Edwin Diaz comes in the game, to turn on the TV, to turn on the SNY broadcast of it because the away broadcast isn't isn't broadcasting his entrance. But they do. And from the second that bullpen gate opens, the song starts, the fans stand up, Mr. and Mrs. Matter on the dugout, and the place goes wild. 
and he comes in and just slams the door shut with 100 miles an hour, a wipeout slider, and it's just pure electricity. So the Mets are the Mets are real. The Mets are real. They pitch well. They hit well. Edwin Diaz is great. What are they going to do at the trade deadline? I would like to see them add another bullpen arm and a catcher. The, the catching position for the Mets has been an, an interesting one. James McCann hurt. A lot of injuries there. If they go out and add, let's say, the Wilson Contreras, and I wouldn't put this past them, if they add Wilson Contreras, watch out. This team is a lot of fun. Now, on the other side of this Subway series, the New York Yankees. The Yankees had less to prove this series. We, they've been the best team in baseball all year long, but there's a little bit of a concern in the air for the Yankees. They're 10-12 and 12 in the month of July, and this is after starting 49-16. and 16. 49 and 16 to start the year. Since then, so for over a month, five weeks now, they've been playing 500 baseball. 17 and 17 since June 19th, and 7 and 12 in their last 19 games. It hasn't been going well of late for the Yankees, but this is the ups and downs of the baseball season. We, they weren't going to win 120 games. They were on pace to, it wasn't going to happen. That's baseball. You lose games, it's fine. But what we have seen and what this series has proven, what their season series against the Astros has proven, is it has shown their weaknesses. The Yankees have real weaknesses. Their bullpen, for one, there's some issues there. Michael King, who had been fantastic all year long, out for the year. Chad Green, out for the year. Tommy John. Eraldis Chapman, a shell of himself. He's in games now, throwing, he's throwing in the sixth inning in games. Now, his confidence is looking like it's coming back a little bit, but he is by no means the dominant closer. He's throwing 97 miles an hour. The walks are still up. He, he's not the Eraldis Chapman that you can count on to shut the door in the back into the bullpen. They have bullpen issues. They need another starting pitcher as well. And they needed another bat. They needed an outfielder. Joey Gallo's not cutting it. But on Wednesday, late Wednesday night, the Yankees kind of kick off this trade deadline season with the biggest of the bunch yet. The New York Yankees have traded for Andrew Benintendi, all-star Andrew Benintendi, great defensive outfielder Andrew Benintendi. And as we sit here on Thursday, this is filmed live on Thursday afternoon, their first lineup has been released, and Andrew Benintendi is in the leadoff slot for the New York Yankees. I like that a lot. I like this move a lot. Look, Joey Gallo wasn't cutting it. It wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. This allows, one, now you have your outfield more complete. Aaron Judge, uh, Aaron Boone has said Aaron Judge is going to play more right field now that this has happened. Still will play some center, but Andrew Benintendi slotting in in the outfield just allows people to be in, in – Maybe better positions to succeed in the outfield. Though Aaron Judge was playing a really good defensive center field. But defensively, this makes him a lot better. He's also a big contact guy. Ken Rosenthal on here yesterday said the, the, the Yankees need a contact guy. That really helps come playoff team time. This was perfect for them. This was a perfect pickup. Now what do you do with Joey Gallo? Do you keep him? Do you make him a pinch hitter? I don't think so. I think you move him. I, I, I don't think he was cut out for New York. I don't think this scene is right for him. I think he can help another ball club. I don't think it's going to be the Yankees. But I don't think the Yankees are done at trade deadline. They still need a bullpen arm. They still need a starter. 
Ken Rosenthal said here yesterday, they are in the mix for Luis Castillo, who is the best pitcher on the market and seemingly available. Do they get Luis Castillo? I don't know. But I look for them to get a starter, Frankie Montas, depending on how his injury stuff comes back. But he, he seems to be fine. Frankie Montas is there. Jose Quintana, look out for him, perhaps, to the Yankees. But they need they need a, a rotation guy. They also need a bullpen guy. Plenty of guys available there. Michael Fulmer from the Tigers comes to mind. Joe Jimenez from the Tigers. Andrew Chafin from the Tigers. The Tigers are in a fire sale. They said as much. But the Yankees need a bullpen arm as well. That's what's next for them. What direction do they go here? Because they need help. They're great. They are elite. They are one of the best teams in the American League. But it's not the clear cut and dry. They are the best team in baseball anymore. Their weaknesses have shown in this series and in the last month or so. They need the help. But what a great series we got. Yankees, Mets. Mets sweep the midseason, the midseason, midweek set. And uh, they're off and running again. I like that Mets team a lot. But moving on, staying in the AL East, another storyline for you guys, the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, man. The Blue Jays are in fuego. Hot as fire right now. The Blue Jays have scored 50 runs in their first four games after the All-Star game, becoming just the second team since the All-Star game began in 1933 to score 50-plus runs in their first four games after the All-Star break. 50 in four games. Now, that was helped a lot by by beating the Red Sox 28-5. to They scored 28 runs in the first <laughs> in the game against the Red Sox. That wasn't great. The Red Sox are going in the opposite direction. But the Blue Jays had their seven-game win streak snapped on Wednesday, still won nine of their last 11 games, and they're doing it offensively. It's remarkable what they are doing. Their team batting average, 267, leads all of baseball. July 11th, let's look back at that date. Just two weeks ago, the Blue Jays were 45 and 42 behind Boston, Tampa Bay, and tied with the Mariners for the final wildcard spot. Now they're 54 and 44. They're ahead of everyone in the wildcard. By the way, at the time, Boston was 47 and 40. They're now 49 and 50. The Red Sox need to sell. That's that's my opinion there. We we won't get into that right now, but the Red Sox are going in the opposite direction. It's not pretty there. A bad stretch for them. But the Blue Jays have been doing this offensively. I would like to see the Blue Jays add an arm, rotation arm, bullpen arm, all the above. They need the arms. But this offense is the reason I believed in them so much. I like this team a lot. I liked them to win the division before the year started. Full disclosure, that's not going to happen because of how good the Yankees have been, but they've closed that gap. They're going to get into the playoffs, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I like them a lot due to the offense. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has been great. 408 in the month of July. Matt Chapman, over 400 in July. Vladdy Guerrero Jr., who hadn't been having near the year he had last year. 410 over the last couple of weeks. George Springer, over 300. Tapia, in the last month, Rymel Tapia, 415, 15 RBIs. 550 in the last two weeks with 12 RBIs. This offense is historically good right now. They're putting up more runs than anybody in the league. And the Toronto Blue Jays have gone from questionable playoff team on the cusp to leading the wild card race and in a good position to make the playoffs. And it's just going to be about what can they do at the trade deadline. I think they need to add some arms. But speaking of the trade deadline, it got me in... 
you guys know I love me a good top five list. So today's top five list is going to be my top five trades of all time. My top five. So let's head on over here to the board. And we're going to talk about some of the top five trades of all time. And not in any, you know, this is mine. There's been a million trades of all time that have been very, very impactful. But these, to me, are ones that stick out. So let's start here at number five. And I have the Miggy and Dontrell Willis trade, but predominantly the Miguel Cabrera trade, to the Detroit Tigers. This happened uh, with, uh, it was with the Marlins at the time, the Florida Marlins. And look, not a lot of great pieces. The pieces that went back to the Marlins didn't, none of them played there for more than four years. Andrew Miller went back, Cameron Mabin, my former minor league manager, Mike Ribello, was also in this trade. But Miguel Cabrera turned himself from the great all star player into the Hall of Fame player that he is today with the Detroit Tigers. He's been there since that trade. He will be there for the rest of his career, in my opinion, and he will go into the Hall of Fame as a Detroit Tigers player. Moving on to number four, Justin Verlander to the Houston Astros. This one is one of the biggest of all time. One, because it happened in 2017. Let me run this back. 2017, there's multiple teams in on Justin. The Dodgers were one of them. The Cubs were one of them. The Astros were one of them. The Dodgers decided to go in a different direction. They decided to go get you Darvish, give up a little bit less to get you Darvish. In hindsight, Justin goes to the Astros. The Astros beat you Darvish twice in the World Series. They end up winning the World Series. Justin has been a massive part of the success in Houston since he, since he got traded. Since Justin was traded from the Tigers to the Astros, this isn't even talking about the, the return that the Tigers got of Daz Cameron and Jake Rogers and a pitcher that hasn't pitched in the big leagues yet. There has been no success on the return from this Justin trade. But since Justin has been in Houston, his record is 56-18. and 18. He's 56-18 and 18 in his time with the Astros. A 2-5 ERA um, of, of 56-18 and 18 is the best winning percentage and best ERA in Astros history. That's what this would be. Those are the numbers he's putting up. Those would be the best numbers in history. It is really impressive what Justin has done in Houston and the return for the Tigers. It just sent the two franchises in opposite directions. That's why this one is here on the list. At number three, Randy Johnson from the Expos to the Mariners. Randy Johnson turned his career into the Hall of Fame career. It is with the Mariners. He was there for 10 years. The return the Expos got was, was not good. The, the pitcher they got was there for one year. Randy Johnson ends up being in, in Seattle for 10 years. Dominant, wins a Cy Young Award there, gets the team to the ALCS. Uh, this trade speaks for itself. Randy Johnson became Randy Johnson. He was good. He was always good. But when many people think of him, when I think of Randy Johnson, I think Mariners. Mariners, Diamondbacks come to mind. But I, I, I go Mariners, and this trade is the reason why he ended up there. At number two, John Smoltz to the Atlanta Braves. John Smoltz was drafted by his favorite team. He grew up in the state of Michigan. He grew up a Tigers fan. He was drafted by the Detroit Tigers. 
But he was traded before he even became the John Smoltz that we know for a pitcher named Doyle Alexander. Now, Doyle Alexander was good in a very short period of time for the Tigers, but he's no, he's no John Smoltz. John Smoltz went on to be incredible for the Atlanta Braves, win a World Series there, become a Hall of Famer, a million All-Star games. John Smoltz is here at number two. The number one biggest trade, in my opinion, of all time, Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. Babe Ruth was a Red Sox. He was a Boston Red Sox player. He was traded to the Yankees for $100,000. $100,000. At the time, that was equivalent of $1.4 million. Still nothing crazy. Babe Ruth went on to be one of the greatest of all time. Many consider him to be the greatest of all time. He changed baseball. He became the first real home run hitter in the game of baseball. He is Babe Ruth. He's this immortal legend. He almost seems like a fictional character, but he's not fictional. And he was traded by the Red Sox to the Yankees, and the Red Sox would go on to not win a World Series until 2004. The curse of the Bambino. The two franchises would end up going in opposite directions. The Yankees at the time weren't the big, bad New York Yankees that we all know now. Babe Ruth is a massive reason for that, and he was traded from the Boston Red Sox to the Yankees for $100,000. That rounds out my top five. Miguel Cabrera to the Tigers, Justin Verlander to the Astros, Randy Johnson to the Mariners, John Smoltz to the Braves, and Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. Let's head on back over to the desk. It is now time to bring Producer Rhea out here. Producer Rhea, how are you? Good. Excited to be back having our live show after all the All-Star Game shows. The li- you're right. We didn't do the live show last week because of all the All-Star Game stuff which, which we were doing, which was great. But now we're back. We're live. I love this Thursday episode. It's always fun, interactive. Trivia is always involved. Fan questions as well, which we'll get to in just a second. But let's start. Let's bring back Pick to Click. Uh, we, haven't, we didn't do it last week because we couldn't. But if you date back to our last Pick to Click, yep. you said the Cubs would lose every game. I'll put this in a positive light. The Dodgers <laughs> would win every game against the Cubs in a four-game series. They did. I they said did. Kyle Schwarber would hit two home runs in the week. He did. So Are we, are we tied now? Is it, is it even? I, I guess so, yeah. I guess we're, we're tied. So let's move on this week. Let's get yours first. What is your pick to click this week? So my pick to click is Dodgers' Clayton Kershaw will have six or more strikeouts. Okay. Kershaw gets six or more strikeouts. All right, I'll let you run with that. I mean, <laughs> I think that's a I, I think that's a good bet. Only because we have so many Dodgers fans in the control room, right? It's only right. Right. So that leads to my pick to click, which is any player in baseball will have a strikeout this week. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, sort <laughs> of one, on the same one. line. <laughs> my pick to click this week is that Juan Soto, by this episode next week is no longer a Washington Nationals player. Now that is a good one. That is, this is a hot, hot pick to click. Now I'm putting a lot of faith here, and not faith, but 
Ken Rosenthal was on. I listened because I'm a good listener. And the first thing he says is that I do believe Juan Soto is gone. This would be an unprecedented trade. He's 23 years old. He's one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in baseball. He's doing things that have never been done before up to his age, other than by Ted Williams. This would be an unprecedented trade. And my pick to click is that Juan Soto is no longer a national by this time next week. Well, the trade deadline is August the 2nd, so I'm curious to see what exactly happens next week. I know. I'm really. I, I'm now. I'm now nervous about it. So, <laughs> Don't be nervous. It's my favorite time of year. So we'll see. Um, let's move on now to. Are we doing fan questions? It's fan question time. Let's I do it. I love the fan questions. Thursday show. Always get those questions in if you have them. I don't care if it's baseball related, basketball related, football related, or relationship advice. I can. I'll do it all. That's what we do. That's a new one. That's a new one. I just, yeah, maybe we'll get that next week. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get started, Ben. We have four really great fan questions today. First one is from Joanne Smith Lee. Hi, Ben. I love your show. Do you think the Orioles would be buyers or sellers at the deadline? Oh, that's a good one. Look, I, I want the Orioles to be buyers. Now, this question says, what do you think? I have a sneaky feeling that they're still going to sell. I think there's still a, tra- a chance Trey Mancini has moved. So to answer the question, I think the Orioles will be sellers, but I would love to see them be buyers. Look, they're in fourth place in the AL East. They're ahead of the Boston Red Sox. They're within reach of a wild card spot. It just looks like Orioles magic is going on. We saw it just here just a couple of minutes ago. Trey Mancini hits an inside-the-park home run that bounces off the right fielder's noggin for the Tampa Bay Rays. He ends up scoring inside-the-park homer. There's just some magic going on in Baltimore. I would love to see them be buyers. I don't think they have the guts this year to do it. I think they're going to stay the course and be sellers and build for the future but, man, it would just be so much fun if they were buyers. But to answer the question, I say they are sellers. Nice. So next fan question, what's your favorite part about Jazz Chisholm's game? He's one of the most electric players in baseball, also friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Great point. Uh, he was such. He was so much fun to have on here, by the way. Just an absolute fun, electric stud. Saw him at the All-Star Game. He was rocking these cool glasses. Talked to him there about his outfit. He was rocking shorts on the red carpet. But you know, like, cool shorts? Not like those, oh, he's just wearing cargo shorts. No, he was wearing cool shorts on the red carpet. Take my word for it. But don't. Look at the picture. It can do it better justice. My favorite part about Jazz Chisholm's game is that he plays with a lot of fun. And he brings a lot of fun to the game of baseball. And there's a million part of Jazz Chisholm's game that are really good. He's a really good hitter. He's fun to watch defensively. He's really fast. My favorite part of the game is how much fun he has. This show here, it's all about having fun, growing the game of baseball, talking about how fun it really and truly is. He has fun. And I love watching him. That would be my my answer for my favorite part of his game. I think he had one of the best outfits on the red carpet for All-Star Game. Like, definitely a cool outfit for sure. That was cool. I, Ronald Acuna, for me, is is up there. It was like this full black. I don't even know. I'm, I'm not going to try and explain it because I realize in hindsight that me explaining Jazz Chisholm's didn't turn out great. So go look at Ronald Acuna's, and I think that was the winner for me. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> Love it. All right, so next question. Do you see any teams having a big sell like the Cubs did last year? Hmm. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think we could see a couple of teams in an all-out fire sale. It can't be the A's because they did it before the season. I still do think they get rid of who they can. I think Montas has moved. I think that I think the Tigers are all in on selling. I do, and it's frustrating to say that. It actually pisses me off to say that. The Tigers are not in a good place, and they should have been better this year. The organization has just done some boneheaded things. Um, some of the trades are just not acceptable. The one I just talked about, the Justin trade, that's just really bad. Um, some of the signings, and, and now we're here in a time where this was supposed to be the year that things all turn around for the Tigers. And yes, there's been injuries, and Riley Green didn't break camp with the team, but I've had enough of the excuses for the Tigers. The, this organization means a lot to me. I played in this organization. I want them to be good. I have a lot of friends in that organization, and it's just been really bad of late. And the last I've heard is that the Tigers are, are open to trading just about everybody. Everybody is available. Tarek Skubal's even available. And I, I do think we could see a big sale from the Tigers, and it's just frustrating to say that. Not that I don't understand it. It's just frustrating that they're not winning more ball games at this point. And it's time for them to become a winning ball club, or it's time for some changes within that organization, in my opinion. So that was my long-winded answer there. All right, so last fan question. What if we could get a home run derby off Instead of an extra innings for all regular season games. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> uh, like the All-Star game. Yes. So that was the plan for the All-Star game. For those that, that aren't aware, the All-Star game, if it went to extra innings, it was going to be a home run derby off, I guess you could call it. Um, I, look, it, we will never see it in regular season games. Well, I don't want to say never. Never say never. But at least in the time being, we won't see it. I would love to see it. It's, baseball is so long, 162 games. What I would love... Play one, play nine innings, give yourself an extra inning or two, and if it's still tied, home run derby off. Bring your, bring your best, we'll bring our best, and that'll decide the winner. I would love that. So I believe that was it for our fan questions. And now, right, that was it, Rhea? That was the last one. All right, yep. now we're going to wrap up this episode with trivia time. I've been on a roll, might I add. You I believe back-to-back A's. Now, I grade myself, but these were real A's. So let's see <laughs> how today goes. And, uh, yeah. I'm confident you will have an A-plus today. You're, you're confident that I'll have what? An A-plus. Oh, that's all. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Well, as we just mentioned, the MLB trade de deadline is next week, August 2nd. So I did throw in some really fun trade questions Ooh, today. Okay. All right. First question. Which team acquired Bobby Bonilla, Bonilla in 1986? Which, which team acquired Bobby Bunny in 1986? Was it the Mets? It was not the Mets. Well, I guess that I guess that's wrong. <laughs> it was Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Did they acquire him from the Mets, or he was later in his career with the Mets? They Probably. acquired him from the Mets. Yeah, okay. All right, 0 for 1. All right, next question. Which Brave was traded to the Brewers in 1975 for Dave May and Roger Alexander? You got this. <laughs> Brave was traded to the Brewers in 1975. The Brewers. 
It's going to be a big name, and I don't know it. It's uh, definitely a big name. Do you want to phone a friend? Maybe the control room can help you back there. No, because they steer me in the wrong direction. I'm tired of <laughs> asking them for help. They've they've been a burden to me. <laughs> Talking to you, Director John. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks, John. All, All right. right so the it? answer is Hank Aaron. I thought Hank. <sighs> I thought about <laughs> Hank Aaron, but I decided. <sighs> okay. This is like when you're expected to go out and throw a no-hitter because you gave me, you said you're going to get an A-plus today, and then you give up a hit to the first two batters, and then you're like, well, great. <laughs> All right, 0 I for 2. I had confidence in you, though. All right, next question. Which team did Sammy Sosa get traded to in 2005? Which team did he get traded to? For a br- very brief time, hint. Very, very brief. Wait, where was... How do I not know where Sammy Sosa went in 05? From the Cubs to the... Was it the... It wasn't the White Sox, was it? It was not the White Sox. Hold up. I know I'm out of time, but let me think about this. Sammy Sosa, the Cubs, where did he go? Was it... You got it. I don't know if I do. I think you do. No. Not the Cardinals. Not, was it, I don't know. The Orioles. I was, God. (laughs) The Orioles. Okay. Not great. The the reason I'm frustrated, I didn't get that right, but I I said. You knew it. And and then I went, I was literally about to say, was it the Cardinals? But I didn't want to keep getting hit with the buzzer. So I, I, I didn't say Orioles, but oh well. Okay. Not great here. All right. Next, next question. Roger Clemens was originally drafted by which team, even though he never signed with them? Who was he drafted by but never signed with? These are tough. Uh, I'm going to say... I'll give you a hint if you want a hint. Yeah, give me a hint. It's one of the teams that are playing in the Subway Series right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have a 50-50 shot. I don't know. the. Was it the Mets? It is the Mets. The Mets drafted Roger Clemens originally. Okay. All right. Good to know. Okay. I'm going to give myself credit for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you. All right, last. This question. has been a struggle. By the way. <laughs> I need to, maybe I have. Maybe my top five trades was that because I only know five trades. Well, producer Ryan told me to do some some trade <laughs> trivia, so here we are. No, no, I, I like this. <laughs> I like this. This is perfect. We've been doing a lot of trade stuff. We should do trades, and I just I need to be more confident in myself. I know some of these answers. I just need to be more confident. Oh yeah, confidence is key. Yeah. All right, last trivia question. Mariano Rivera. Is best known for his ability to throw which pitch? Who we who threw this one in here? Somebody felt bad and, and threw no, this, this one. Oh, producer Raya. Okay, my <laughs> final answer is he's best known for his cutter, which is perhaps the best pitch of all time. That is correct. Thank you. Okay, now it is time to grade before we wrap up here. Whew. Oh man, so. 
this was tough. These were tough. These were good trade questions. I should have known. I'm gonna I'm gonna take off a good bit for not getting Sammy Sosa to the the Orioles. Obviously, in my head, it's just ingrained that Sammy Sosa, the Cubs. So I just block out that he went other places. But I knew he was an Oriole. Um, I'm gonna give myself. This is bad. I got one. I got the after a hint. I got another. I'm gonna give myself a D plus today. I'm I'm disappointed. In oh myself. no, not you don't deserve a D. I'm gonna do it. A D plus. I'm disappointed. D for disappointed. Nobody believes in themselves more than I believe in myself, and I, I'm disappointed, which is why I give myself a D plus. Next time, back to back A's though. You can't always be perfect, you know. You, you can sure. I got two A's in and a you row. You are crushing it. This is how I explained yep. it to my mom when I would come home with a bad grade. Like I've been, I got two good grades. Like give me a break. <laughs> I got one bad one. So a day, a D for today. Um, but this was a really fun episode. A lot to talk about. The Subway Series. The Blue Jays are rolling. A lot of trade stuff coming down the line here. So stay tuned here. We have a lot, a lot of good trade stuff coming up here soon. We're going to do some fun stuff next week during the trade deadline, right when it ends. Another episode coming up tomorrow as well. So this one has been a blast. Make sure you guys like, subscribe anywhere you're listening to your podcast. Flippin' Bats Pod on Spotify, Apple, anywhere. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube as well if you want to watch every episode at Flippin' Bats Pod. This has been a blast of an episode. Thank you all for getting your questions in. If you did, this has been a really fun live episode. The Thursday one is always really fun. I will see you next time for another episode of Flippin' Bats.